In today's episode, we're talking about the power of practical and magical thinking in creating an unstoppable approach to growing your business. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be back with you here. This one was a long time coming. Not only a new episode in and of itself, but this specific episode. In fact, I'll tell you, I I dragged my feet a little bit too much on it just because when I recorded this one, uh, it was a poor Zoom connection. It was 2020 all across. Um, but, you know, so there was a lot of glitches that, you know, we had to make sure to edit out and, and make sure that it was still usable. But the conversation itself was such a high quality and such a high caliber that I knew I had to make sure to get this in before 2020 was done. So uh, you definitely have a really awesome episode here in front of you. Before we get there, quick update and a huge thank you. We're Wow, we've got a thousand plus YouTube subscribers, a thousand plus Amazon ratings for the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read and the YouTube channel in support of it. Uh, I am blown away by the constant wonderful feedback, blown away by the five-star rave reviews, blown away by the emails people are sending me about how they're taking the content from the book and from the YouTube channel and implementing it in their lives and just getting such awesome, wonderful results. I, I could not be more grateful. I could not be happier. Thank you so much to everyone who's done that. For those who have not checked out the book yet, you can very easily just go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward you to the Amazon listing, which has got the Kindle version, the paperback, the Audible, if you want to do an audiobook instead. And of course, if you don't want to pull out your wallet, but you want free content around this to really check it out, my YouTube channel is simply youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-K-A-P. And I guarantee you, you will enjoy that content. I try to inject some humor and some fun into it, and I just try to keep things interesting. There's more content on that coming up soon. But with that said, I don't want to waste any more time here. Let's switch mics. Let's dive into today's interview and get ready. This is going to be a really, really good one with a lot of awesome insights. All right. I am really excited for today's guest. Samantha Hartley is the founder and president at Enlightened Marketing. And before starting her own business, of which she's been running for two decades now, Samantha cut her teeth at the Coca-Cola company where she handled a lot of the heavy lifting for their international marketing in Russia and eventually worked her way up as head of their strategic channel marketing for Asia before eventually striking out on her own. She describes a lot of what her firm does as an intersection of commerce and spirit, earth rules and magical thinking. And so in most cases, those who are a really good fit for her brand and her consulting are those who have a foot in both worlds. And I have no doubt we are going to gain some really fun insights and maybe have a few unexpected turns during this interview. And I couldn't be happier and I can't wait. So without further ado, Samantha Hartley, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's always, it helps to get really high quality guests when you already have like awesome guests. So it's kind of like hearing you say that and, you know, not to uh, blow smoke up your behind, but I have a funny feeling like this kind of interview is hopefully going to attract other people. They're going to hear your kind of insights and be like, I want to be on that show. So, you know, when I hear a compliment like that, I don't take it lightly. It's actually like a method to my madness. Keep finding good people, keep serving the audience because, you know, there's, and you, you probably the first one to say this, there's a way to fake your way to growth, but the growth is not sustainable. But when you actually pour legitimate uh, you know, quality into something, that's where something grows. And I think it's really interesting <laughs> for you because, you know, earth rules and magical thinking. And I know that I have a, a lot of open-minded people in my audience. So I, I guess my first question to you is, what does magical thinking mean to you? And in what context are you kind of infusing that into the consulting that you do to help people with their companies and their brands? Uh, well, I define earth rules as things that, you know, work on earth, like this is how we get along. So, you know, like goals and strategies and plans and um, actions, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, helps you kind of succeed here on planet earth, uh, you know, making money. This is what we do here. And then magical thinking I define as things that work, but we don't know why, like prayer, meditation, uh, law of attraction, um, the quality of your energy. 
optimism, positivity, gratitude. I could go on and on. So I don't think of magical thinking as like, you know, when people have just crazy ideas, I'm a person, I always say, you know, if I'm, we're going to use law of attraction, you're going to, we're going to combine it with law of action. Mm. Um, and I think when you bring both of those things together, what you'll find is you get uh, better results. So a lot of people are, are all about the one and nothing about the other. And, you know, if we look at something just like goal setting, um, so I'm not a big person who works with specifically with goals. I work a lot with visioning. So visioning is going to be, uh, you know, seeing things before they happen, which is what Olympic athletes do. Um, and just writing your goals down seems like, well, is that actually uh, an effective thing to do just to kind of let, write your goals down and look at them every single day? Well, actually it keeps them top of mind and we find out that people actually achieve them better. So there's a lot of these things that you can look at that people feel like, um, I'm not, I'm not sure why that works. Should I even do it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and if, if you, if you, you know, you practice these disciplines and then you take actions every single day, you're going to see things change. So those are things that work really well for me in my business. And that does tend to be who I attract. So I attract people who are, you know, crazy magnetic, um, manifestors. So for example, I have a client who, who is most powerful when she spends time in her hot tub every day. That's her, you know, I'm a, a dog person. So my dog time walking my dogs on trails uh, outside is God time. And her God time is tub time or being in the water. And that's where she's kind of like receiving downloads from spirit. Now that aspect of her business, like what a lot of people might see is, oh, she's incredibly well connected. I know she's clear and she's a thought leader and things like that. But the truth is that the central part of her practice in her business, um, the, the way that she infuses all those things with that, that thought leadership is her um, cultivating tub time. By the way, one of the first things that I did when we started working together was said, you need to purchase a hot tub. So it's not just like occasionally I'm in a hot tub um, by chance and great things come to me. I'm like, this needs to be like in your backyard, which she did do. <laughs> it's it's so interesting i think so i love where you're going with this on this because well first of all like the whole thing about the olympic athlete i i remember i've done <clears throat> a lot of research in that regard also and i know part of the explanation that they gave for that is that your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between something that's actually happening um i also though love that how you're you're really sounds to me you are embracing the understanding of the way the mind works even if we don't really know how it works but really the results by which that that you know come to the conclusion as you're putting that information and that feedback and those quote unquote instructions into the mind and also like even with the hot tub like what is the thing that this person needs that's going to open the floodgates of their creativity or you know their passion or whatever it might be so i love the fact that you're thinking it that way because at least based on my research, most firms don't view that as a valuable thing because, you know, obviously for you, the bottom line's important, but some businesses, like you say, to the exclusion of one important thing, they're almost trying to shoehorn the other thing in. And I'm wondering, was your business always like this or was this a philosophy you had to build your way towards? I did have to build my way towards it. I, um, you know, I was at corporate America and I had come to there from a background in theater and Russian language. And so I was kind of this like liberal artsy, you know, uh, I, I would say more creative. I was not um, kind of woo woo spiritual back then. I was more kind of a creative person um, feeling a lack of that uh, spiritual clarity in my life. Uh, and then I was at corporate. When I was in the field, um, I had a uh, you know, a very dynamic business. It, uh, it grew from 48 million to 100 million during 120 million during the time I was there. So I, it really spoiled me for explosive growth. That's the only kind I like, which is why I work with clients at the levels that I do, because I want to work with businesses that can triple and uh, quadruple and quintuple and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was at corporate, uh, that kind of thing was not was not nurtured. The, the creativity that I was able to bring into the field was not really, um, there wasn't a place for it. It was, it was welcomed in words, but it wasn't uh, an atmosphere in which you could be creative. Creativity requires vulnerability. And um, I was in a corporate environment where there was no way I was going to be vulnerable. It was, um, a, you know, a dangerous, toxic environment. When I say dangerous, I don't mean like people are murdering each other, but career-wise and ego-wise, people are murdering each other. So mm -hmm. um, it was, I think it was a very powerful and helpful experience for me because it, it, you know, sometimes we come to things from their opposites and it um, propelled me the heck out of there um, and into uh, this kind of exploration. And part of what I did was a spiritual exploration to say, what do I want to be doing? Um, and once I began to discover that, I, you know, I spent the next probably um, five years 
walking with you know a foot on each of these paths of like well how do i how do i um, bring these two worlds together within myself and i would say something that was very uh a couple of books were very um, powerful for me along those lines. One was uh, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is a wonderful book as far as uh, business and spirituality. It really does bring those things together, um, I, at least as I read it. The interesting thing about that book is the first time I read it, I could not understand it. Like the words would not go into my head. And I don't know, I'm sure everybody's had this experience where you pick up this great book that everybody's recommending and you're like, I can't even read this thing. I don't, <laughs> like I'm reading the words. Um, so anyway, flash forward, whatever, five years, uh, once I picked it up again, it was, I, I just devoured it and it was like highlighted like crazy because I could finally understand that book and what it meant in my life. Um, and then I read The Power of Now, which I also, by Eckhart Tolle, which I also had kind of um, an interesting reaction to in terms of kind of, I could understand what I was reading, but I was like, this guy is nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what he's talking about with this like quiet in your mind. Well, uh, so um, Covey, Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits had introduced me to the idea that between stimulus and response lies choice. And I was like, no, <laughs> there's nothing between stimulus and response. I don't even know what you're talking about. And so um, in the understanding of that book, I, I began to practice the adding the space between stimulus and response, which is life-changing. Mm. Uh, and then in The Power of Now, I began to practice, like, there could be a time in your head where there's no thought, which obviously, so that was, that was how I began to merge those two. That's really interesting because there's, there's almost like an, an exponential quality because just doing one of those alone really leaves a lot of space for, for growth. And here you're doing them in conjunction with one another to a certain extent as you learn them and as you get better and as you grow within them, meaning as you're getting better at each of them, it's also happening. So I can only imagine the kinds of insights and aha moments that, you know, some of which we, we might not ever be even be able to articulate that you were experiencing that way that eventually led to your consultation style and the way by which you guide clients through a process and the way by which you introduce ideas to them, even those where, again, these are people with, with feet in both worlds that they might not be ready for a certain real world or magical idea because they just haven't seen it yet. And they might have that same difficulty with just the language structure since their brain simply isn't used to it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, so I'm talking about uh, the, the, my hot tub client is the one who grew from 150,000 to 600 to 750,000 in the first year she worked with me. So she added $600,000. So we're not wow. talking like just out of the world woo. We're talking about people who are like, I am trying to move my business forward. I have a huge mission. She's uh, changing the world for a thousand, hundreds of thousands of employees who work at companies. And so, uh, you know, she has to get stuff done. And so what I, to me, what it came down to was, um, you can't do that if you're in a, if you're not, not centered and balanced and, mm. you know, in alignment, that's the key. So I'm not talking about being religious or spiritual or anything. I'm talking about what those uh, behaviors and practices do for you, how they uh, help you to develop into a better version of yourself so that uh, your actions then lead to you know, clarity of purpose and, you know, being able to do the hard stuff that we all have to do in a business. I mean, listen, uh, growing a business is hard. Being self-employed is hard. Being, you know, going and getting clients is hard. Working with clients to get the outcomes that you want is hard. Uh, but if you're um, really centered, balanced, clear on what you're doing, then, you know, I think a lot of it can be actually be easy. Mm. I, I love the way you break down that explanation because me listening to you, it sounds like we're, we're leaving room for the woo-woo, but we're also saying, listen, if that's not your racket, it doesn't matter because there's still value and there's still something that you can do where you won't feel weird or out of place or like you're doing something silly. And it's really interesting. There's a synchronicity to this because I've personally been trying to get myself on a lot of podcasts to share the message of my Law of Attraction book. And... <clears throat> Most of them are open. In fact, all of them are open-minded, but you never know if there's certain people that just don't kind of, you know, ascribe to that, um, that mode of thinking. And so the explanation that I've been giving for people a lot is, well, just think of the idea of lifting weights and growing muscles. And I throw out these two explanations. I'm like, okay, you do this. There's one of two reasons why your muscles are growing. Number one is because the muscle fairy comes at night when you're sleeping and just poof, magically, you wake up and you got more muscles. 
Number yeah. two is that when you're working out, the stress that you're under with the weights is tearing your muscles like little micro tears and your body is healing and responding by filling in those tears with more muscle fibers, thereby creating more. And the way I love to explain it, and again, it sounds like you're really on track with this as you're describing it in your way, is when you're asking, okay, what's the real reason that it happens? The real answer is it doesn't matter. What matters is you put X in, you get Y out. You lift weights, you get muscles. You center yourself, whether it's yeah. through a spiritual modality or through religion or through just meditation or through just relaxing in a hot tub, and you yep. get a level of clarity and alignment and purpose that you could then redirect and refocus into your business or really into any aspect of your life. Absolutely. And what I think is uh, the most important piece of this is someone figures out what that is, what makes you your best self. Mm. I would say, listen, you are the talent in your business. Like we, we are going to bring you the, the flowers you want in your dressing room and you get to pick out all of the green M&Ms or brown M&Ms or whatever is your deal. Uh, whatever you want, like let's make you happy when you have your, I, I'm the talent hat on. Like what makes you happy, successful, and then centered, balanced, clear? What does it take to get you to that point? One of the things that I think is important about um, whatever faith traditions, whether it's spirituality or, I, I mean, I'm so, it, it doesn't matter to me what someone's is, what someone's chosen path is, as much as it matters to me that they have one, because what, what self-employment asks us to do and what rapid growth, when I'm growing people's businesses with them by, you know, five times or, you know, doubling uh, from a, a business that's a $750,000 business, I mean, that is a big uh, leap for them and for their organizations. So I'm, I'm working with, uh, you know, sometimes it's a one person business and sometimes it's a small consultancy. So it's them and a team and you have to do this in front of people and with other people. Uh, we have to have faith in the future. You have to believe and trust the universe or yourself or something. You have to trust that these huge leaps that you're taking are going to pay off for you. You have to believe in yourself and believe in circumstances. And for a lot of people, they need to feel that there's a supportive universe around them. So uh, that that requires a practice. There's only so many, you know, uh, business growth techniques that I can give someone that will, uh, you know, make up for lack of faith. Because at the end of the day, we just have to believe. I mean, I'm on the phone with clients who are super successful. I'm on the client with the phone with clients who are like trying to get from this side of the bridge to that side of the bridge. And you have to have like faith in your ability to like rev your motorcycle up high enough to make that, uh, th that leap. And a lot of that depends on how much you believe in yourself and in a supportive universe. Right. And um, just as you were saying that, there was a little bit of a fizzle out just thanks to Zoom, but it's like the one part where you fizzled out, it sounded like you're saying like there's only so many processes that you could really, you know, focus on or think about. Yeah. Like in the end, you have to find what's right for you. And yeah, you were saying? I was, uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, we there's only so many marketing techniques and business growth techniques mm, I can bring. That's what you got. But got what it. you have to do is you have to bring the piece where you believe in you and you believe in um, in a supportive universe. You have to believe that things work out for you. And listen, like I, I'm a person who. I almost 100% believe that, but I've been around people who believe it more than I do. And so I know I have work in that area. And everybody who comes to me, I'm like, you have to cultivate the belief that things work out for you. That this is, that this mission, you're so clear about it, that it's going to work out. And, uh, and that helps you when you're like, um, I don't know, I'll, everybody's ghosting me right now, or no, nobody's right. contacting me, or I don't know, just the, it's been three weeks and I don't have a new client yet. Like there are going to be those times when you have this little, you know, moment of doubt. What's funny is uh, that I was working with a client um, on, uh, she was very clear on uh, a, a new strategy that we've, we've seen for her business for a long time, but she couldn't really imagine what it's going to look like in life. And so I said, all right, well, let's, let's detail that. So we imagined some scenarios and we wrote down some things that would happen. And the next day she got a call from somebody who said, we want to have this kind of a relationship with you. And they outlined like all of the stuff that we'd been through when right. you are clear and you're going to know this is an LOA guy. When you are clear, you get what you want. Like things come to you. But uh, when you're like um, confused or foggy or whatever, then that's the way that we, that we keep things away from us. So clarity is so key here. Um, and a lot of clarity is belief that I could have that if I wanted it. Right. You know, John Carlton, great copywriter that people know about, he used to call that kind of thing spooky. You know, <laughs> you, you think of something, all of a sudden, like, boom, poof, it would happen. And 
I, what, what I love the most about as you're breaking that down is it kind of like even goes back to the thing of like you said, you have to believe that things are working out. You have to believe that somebody, whether it's God or the universe or, or who, some mysterious force is in your <laughs> corner. And it really kind of goes back to like, is it the muscle fairy or is it the tears in your muscles? Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that the belief there, there is a real world scientific explanation where you can say it's your subconscious mind that's being programmed, that's working out the tools and is, is getting moves in place or it's a universal energy or it's a combination. And again, at least from my perspective, it doesn't matter. What does matter is when you believe it in that way, John Carlton's spookiness <laughs> will come to your door in a really fun way and you'll really enjoy it. And I love hearing your perspective and I can only imagine, I, I understand as you say this, and obviously I'm now starting to put words in your mouth and I'm starting to um, project beliefs on you, but mm -hmm. I understand in part why you're only working with people on a certain level, because it's those people at that level that they've already done enough homework on themselves, whether they realize it or not, that they're able to access those belief patterns or they're able to access that level of confidence or really they're just able they're determined enough to engage in a process that's going to reinforce those kinds of views because that's how they're going to skyrocket exponentially yeah definitely uh, well and one of the so some of the qualifiers of who i bring in and i i hope this is informative because what you should do is when you're selecting clients you need to bring in people that you pretty much know 100 percent will be successful with you so for me if someone has uh, already made is consistently making a hundred thousand dollars a year in their business then um and i usually look at like something like 125 then that's someone i know i can add between 150 to 600,000 to their business hmm. in, in my case a lot of my clients are are ex-corporate. So they've come from a corporate environment. And so they have certain tools, skills, and beliefs. And also they're used to being creatively squashed. And so they have a lot of motivation. But one of the things that happens is that nobody comes out of corporate America having earned less than a hundred. And most of them have left earning closer to 200 uh, or 300,000 a year. So mm -hmm. a person has a thermostat for this is how much I earn. And very often when they come to me, what they'll be earning is what their salary was. And we all know that revenue and salary aren't the same thing. So they're like, I'm making what I was making there, but I'm, I'm not bringing anything home. Well, why is that the case? Because first of all, we have all these business expenses that we have to, to pay for to be in business. And also, uh, you know, um, salary is, you get salary and benefits and you get, you have a whole department to rely on and things like that. So, but, but for them earning, this is why I say 125 or 200, 300,000, when someone comes to me, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not a beginner. It's like, they are beginners because that's what they're used to earning. Yes. And it's hard for the, like, they don't know how to go above that usually is the thing. So how do I, how, if I'm, if I'm, if I've made $300,000 a year for the past two years working at X corporation, how do I now make 400 working for myself? That mm. cracking that code is a lot of times what I'm doing. That's really cool. I love the term thermostat. I, I had an explanation, a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago where I kind of said like, it's a level of consciousness. I was like talking them down because they were worried about what they're going on in their life. I'm like, listen, you've already achieved the level of consciousness of making X amount of dollars. So there, and it is really funny. And, you know, thank you, John Carlton for contributing to this episode. It is kind of spooky. You can leave corporate America and I can say this from personal experience. And you're right. There are different challenges. There are different things that you no longer have access to. Yep. And there's also different problems or different things you have to account for that you didn't have to then, like even like health insurance, right? But somehow, some way, your thermostat finds a way in a very specific, you know, range of time of getting you to that minimum level. You've achieved that thermostat, that level of consciousness. And um, for anyone out there, because I know 2020 has been a crazy year, who might be struggling or wondering like, wow, how am I going to get my salary back? Like you might be surprised how fast and how easy it comes. And like Samantha here saying, that isn't even the issue. The issue is how do we break past that? Because it can be done. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, reset your thermostat for something else. Um, mm. And I think it can, you know, one of the things that I love about explosive, explosive growth is that it's, you know, it's dramatic and it's fun um, and, you know, all that. But what are the downsides and why part of my brand promises without exhaustion, I help my clients to double, at least double their businesses without exhaustion is because it's really easy to just kind of like pile in more clients and do more work, but then you get burned out. And so this is why a lot of people have these kind of like um, streaky, uh, um, uh, 
revenues, uh, mm-hmm. which can be like peaks and valleys and stuff like that. Cause they're like, whoa, it's that, you know, I just doubled. And they're like, holy crap, that was the hardest I've ever worked in my entire life. I don't want to do that again. And then they double again, you know, that kind of thing. So there are ways that you can do that growth in a, what, what I would say is sustainable way. So I'm talking a lot, remember I'm, you're the talent in your business. And if we wear you out, then the business can't go anywhere. So I'm always talking about how we can do that growth path with, um, you know, the kindest, gentlest way to you. Mm. By the way, when, uh, in the big few minutes ago, um, when you first said you're the talent in your business, anyone watching video will probably notice my arms, like reach out at the camera. Because <laughs> I was, I was typing and noting the time. Cause I thought to myself, this will be what Samantha's saying right now will be a wonderful soundbite for promoting this podcast episode. So as soon as you said that and you went on a train of thought, I'm like, this is a golden nugget. And I always encourage people to kind of listen back to the podcast episodes. Cause a lot of times they're kind of dispersed that you might miss because the guest already gave another value insight bomb that you're still pondering and you didn't even hear the other thing that was like right on the tail end of it um so um yeah i wanted to note that down now also because we were talking about thermostat i think it's really important i don't know if this is a fair question because again you know you work with people at a certain level and everyone's got their own stuff going on but i'm wondering if there is a certain um you know easily consumable one size fits all tool or step or tactic that you might recommend to people that want to reset or upgrade their thermostat? I mean, I, I believe in affirmations. I think that, I think they're really good. I, if you're addressing something that has been resistant for a long time, then I would, I would do kind of a bombardment effect. So I would put myself around people that I respect who are earning what I want to be earning. Mm. I would um, take small actions that uh, align with, um, you know, when I'm a, you know, million dollar business owner, uh, uh, what, what choices will I be making? So one of the, the things that I do with my clients is I talk about putting on the million dollar dress or the million dollar suit. So you try it on and you see how uh, it's, you know, it's a visualization, but it's like, you see how it feels to be in that million dollar suit. Um, and you sit in the chair, which is your million dollar chair. And so you just imagine what's around you. So like, what does your desk look like? For a lot of people who are, I mean, we're all working from home almost all this right now. So, but I noticed for a lot of people, like their, their home office is kind of like a corner or a something, or, you know, it doesn't have, uh, it's fine if you can't have a dedicated room for it, but what can you do to kind of really be like, this is my million dollar workspace. Um, and I always think of like Sam Walton, who was the, the, the billionaire from, from Walmart. And he always, his whole entire life, he went around with his trucker hat on and he drove this old beat up truck. And I feel like I love that kind of millionaire. So uh, in my case, you know, I might not have all of this kind of like golden jewels and things like that, but I would have support systems and I would have this. So what can you do today that is like, maybe you get like your perfect, you know, cappuccino thing, or maybe you have um, a something. Uh, it's beginning to build for yourself the environment for that and, and increase your thermostat. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, I think as far as affirmations, it's like, what can you say that's true? I've, I've heard different things about affirmations. Some people, I like to say the closest thing to the truth that I can like say without kind of giggling. So it's like, you know, if you want to be making $200,000 and you're at 100 right now, it's like, um, you know, I, um, I easily generate $200,000 in revenues. I easily bring in, I easily find clients that total 200,000 in revenues. Um, I really like to invite the universe to surprise me. So I'll say $200,000 comes to me through expected and unexpected ways. So I'm just, you know, putting that out there um, and, you know, uh, put your hand on your heart as you're saying it, like really um, do this from a place of love and gratitude. And I think that what I have seen for myself and my clients is that that those kinds of affirmations can change things for you. But I've also seen um, people talk about how you can say things that are not, uh, not even vaguely true at all and are really kind of far away from you. And over time, if you, if you do that from your heart, you begin to convince yourself like on, on some levels, like these little tiny baby imperceptible um, changes are happening in you where you do believe that. So uh, those, those are the techniques that I use. Uh, visualization, um, also making choices from that place. I have a, I'm going to do a, a future episode on my podcast about the idea of like, uh, um, would a million dollar business owner do this? Mm-hmm. You have to start saying no to things that you're doing that are depleting you or are feel out of alignment, um, even though you might feel like um, you have to do it. You actually have choice. Remember between stimulus and response lies choice. You can say, um, 
I, I know that at $100,000, I might feel like I need to do this, but I don't enjoy that work. I don't believe it's building my business and I'm going to say no to it because a million dollar business owner wouldn't do it. Hmm. I, I love it. First of all, everything you say, there's so much value here. I appreciate the the fact that you followed up the the million dollar dress and million dollar suit with the Sam Walton line, because I think sometimes, and, and this is, by the way, in my view, the, the, the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges when people are trying to level up their life in the sense that they hear something it's easy for them to misinterpret and what you did you should get a great clarification because the million dollar suit doesn't have to be the suit that you see in stores it has to be the suit that you're wearing when you're a millionaire and like i think about like you know if you put me at 20 million right now you're still not going to see me driving a lamborghini you're going to see me driving a hellcat and i can drive a hellcat at a much lower you know that you know level of net worth but, and I yeah. think it's a thing, people like, oh, now I have to picture myself in the Lamborghini, even though I don't really, it's a beautiful car, but I just don't want to drive that. It's like, no, no, put yourself in the car, in the suit, in the room, in the relationships that you have, making the choices that you would make as a million dollar person in your space, in your reality that works for you. I think that's super important. This is why when I was saying like, put yourself around the people who are, who are earning that, that you respect. Even if I'm not uh, friends with them, if there's somebody that I know is earning what I want to earn um, and they have a podcast, then I can listen to that. If, they have, if they're doing webinars, then I can go to those webinars. If they're, if, if they're my actual friends, I can find ways to hang out with, with them. But it needs to be people that you respect because money is super sensitive. It's super tied up in our values and our you know, limitations and whatever. And so what I've worked with people on this before where they're like, so-and-so rich person and so-and-so has this and so-and-so is making these choices. I'm like, who's making choices that you would make if you have a lot of money? This is what I say to my friends all the time. It's like, I love us when we have a lot of money because I I hire my friends. I invest in uh, things that are uh, aligned with my values. You know, I, I want you to be rich because you're a good person. I don't want, you know, we always kind of think of these kind of like evil rich people or um, the ones who are doing things that, that uh, repel us. And I want you to think about like who has your values and has a lot of money. Cause there's plenty of those people out there. There's people who are like um, doing great things with their wealth. And it's really important. Like you're not going to want to be like somebody that part of you is having this visceral repulsion from you want to mm-hmm. be like somebody who like, who's your positive wealth model. If you build that, then you're going to be able to uh, uh, align yourself, your actions and become that person. You, you know, it's so interesting. So I'm having a very interesting experience interviewing you in particular, Samantha, because you're, you're making all these things like pop into my head as you describe things. Like even as you were saying that, it made me think of um, this old story, which by the way, I don't even know if it's true. It's like I, I heard it so long ago and like the details are fuzzy, but it was basically, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a single mom and she had um, a son, you know, a kid, he was struggling with his weight. And she took him to therapists and she put him on diets and she did all this, like, and no matter what happened, like the weight was not coming off. He was obviously unhappy. He felt bullied at school, like all these things. Right. So she, um, she read a book about, you know, you know, inspiring thoughts and, and, you know, how the, the five people around you, how like that makes an impact. And she had a good childhood friend who was a sensei. And she says like, listen, um, can I just like have my son like sit in the corner when you're teaching your classes every day? She, she didn't say go work out. She said, I just want you, she just had him sit there and do his homework or whatever. And this kid then all of a sudden he's there watching a class, watching people work the bags, do the moves, have fun, cheer, the music's pumping. Long story short, six months later, the kid was Mm -hmm. in like phenomenal shape because obviously at some point he put the books down. He had curiosity. Maybe the sensei showed him a few things. He found it was fun. All of a sudden, it wasn't this therapist who didn't understand him and it wasn't food that he hated eating. He was inspired by those people and there was even a social pressure to push himself up. And that's what your story about putting yourself around those people like inspired in me and made me think about it's like it's amazing the the insights and again I, I bring this up because i hope that people listening to this right now are also thinking of wonderful examples by which they can implement the amazing insights that you're kind of pouring down on us here right now thank you thank you and i love that story yeah it's uh, amazing cool um so I mean, I'll, I'll say this, obviously we, you know, I don't say that we were in the woo world a lot, but we were like on a lot of like the magical thinking just so 
we can kind mm-hmm. of like satisfy the, the other side of the brain here. Like what in your view yep. are really good marketing, like hardline real world tactics that people can very easily implement that they might not realize that mm-hmm. they can? Uh, I think there's nothing more important than that you know uh, your messaging. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I was saying to you before we started recording that I've just been doing the same thing for for my entire career. I really only do one thing. What I help people to do, what I do is I help people identify their value and communicate it clearly so that the people who need that will flock to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun, uh, foundation of any business. I talked yesterday with uh, someone who runs this super successful agency and has clients come to them all the time. Uh, and these are a million to $10 million clients. You know, these are not uh, people just starting out in their business. And they said the number one thing that they work with them on when they arrive is um, ICP, ideal, ideal client profile. Like who's, mm. your, like, who's your target audience? And it's like, that's 101. This is 101. So it, now on the one hand, I think it's confusing if I'm, you know, earning $100,000 a year to be like, they earn one to 10 million and they don't know who their perfect client is. Like, Apparently, knowing who your perfect client isn't, isn't that important. It's like, no, they've managed to have enough value. They're accidentally communicating their value and people are getting it. Imagine how much bigger they would be if they actually were clear about this. Mm. So if you're clear about who your audience is, then you're going to be more, you know, the, the promise that I make with my brand is profitable, joyful consulting. Why? Because if, uh, I don't think, I, I think we can be, you can easily be profitable without being joyful. And I don't think it's worth having that business. So if you work with perfect clients, then you're going to be more profitable because you don't have all the time wasters and the tire kickers and the everybody who's just not a fit for you. You're, you're way more profitable and it's more joyful. So why not work with perfect clients to me? So the number one thing is, you know, exactly who you should be working with and who you should be working with are people who tend to get the best results from you. So exactly what you do is exactly what they need. That's a perfect client, perfect fit. Um, the next thing is having a message that those perfect clients can understand. So you need to be able to say, I work with this audience who has these problems or challenges and wants to have these outcomes. Like, what do they want to have happen? Do they want to, um, you know, lose weight and get in the best shape of their lives? Do they want to make um, tons more money? What uh, do they want to um, have better relationships? Whatever that is, you've got to be able to articulate that clearly. Um, Having come from the Coca-Cola company and this formal branding background, a lot of people would expect me to say, you know, you got to have this differentiated brand and you have to stand for this one USP and things like that. And I'm like, listen, realistically in the world right now, there's so many different alternatives. Some people will call it competition. Uh, alternatives to you and what you do. All you have to do is speak clearly like a laser beam to your people, and you're probably going to have all the clients that you need. So that's really the central thing that I would say, Andrew. And then apart from that, like um, having, you know, a lead generation tactic that consistently works for you. Hmm. What, what does that look like? It can look like, um, you know, uh, posting on social media nowadays. It can look like networking, speaking, um, all of all of the things that we used to do in an offline world has an online equivalent now, uh, especially during pandemic when we can't do any of those things that we relied on. Uh, networking, speaking, referrals, and um, I love particularly strategic alliances, which is setting up partnerships with people who uh, share an audience with you but don't necessarily compete. The caveat in that is they can actually also compete with you. You can work with somebody who does exactly what you do um, and has the same audience and you can send people to them who are not a fit for you for whatever other reasons. So if you have an abundance mentality, you can make, uh, strategic alliances, referral partners, and all those kind of things work for you. But I, all you need to do is kind of get your way. Like, this is how I get the majority of my clients. And if that's posting on LinkedIn, or if that's Facebook messenger, or if that's, you know, doing webinars, whatever that is, just do it. What, what I love about that advice is it's kind of like it's all married and related in a certain way. Like, you know, people that are worried about the corporate, you know, USP, well, you're getting that because you're identifying what makes you good and what makes the client ideal for you because through your communication, USP is there. You're talking about a, a consistent lead generator. Well, again, that's yeah. through the understanding of who you are and who your ideal client is because you're going to have a certain language or a certain platform or a combination of all those things <clears throat> that actually brings that about. So I, it sounds to me, 
again, you know, I'm, I'm taking a leap here, but this is basically a, a next level, you know, human psychology, like, and there's a, a human psychology with integrity behind it. The integrity of like, I'm going to serve this person. I'm not just going to find someone to make them think they're getting result. I'm identifying that they need this. I can give them this. And I'm thereby going to use my understanding of that to communicate a message that's going to put us together so that they can get their result. Yes. Yes. And, and the more clear and specific you are about that, then the, the more differentiated you will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in um, corporate America, we do positioning statements. So that, that tells you who the brand is for, what the alternatives are, the proof of why our, the promises and claims that we make are true. But the first word of that, I always say this, the first word in marketing is who. The first word in a positioning statement is for. So mm-hmm. it's all about who, who is this for? And if you, I think the, the discipline here is to, you know, the hot tub time that we spend or the sitting down and making a marketing plan, every minute of that is who, who, who related. It's if you are laser beam focused on who your target audience is and you know uh, where they spend time online, where they spend time offline, um, are they married? Do they have kids? Do they garden? Do they like wine? All of the, you know, the more details like that, that you can know about them, the, the more effective your marketing can be. Because, you know, I always talk about like documentaries. Documentaries are about like some one specific person and all of their individual quirks and things like that. But it resonates across um, you know, cultures, when we see, see a really good documentary, a really human story. And that happens when you do your, your perfect client work. So I, I really work a lot with, some people work with Avatar, which uh, a general um, idea. And I work with a perfect client profile where I take a single perfect client of mine and then uh, pro- profile them and speak and write. You know, when you write and when you communicate in marketing, you want to speak to one person, Mm-hmm. One person. A lot of times when I see people's marketing and it's not clear, I'm like, who did you have in mind when you wrote this? What do you mean? Okay. So I, I write to one person who was my perfect client. Now it doesn't have to be, if you're like, well, I don't have somebody who's really perfect. I'm like, you can write that profile and then uh, amend it. This is your vision, right? It's your goal. Uh, you can amend it to describe them ever more perfect. Like if they were even more perfect, then they would pay on time or they, uh, she would get over her, her fears of yada yada or something like that. She's, you know, she's bold and, and fearless can be in your perfect client profile. Uh, and, and that's the thing that you're going to take and, and uh, write to her in your, all of your um, communications, whether it's, I'm, I'm writing this webinar. Well, I don't know what my audience knows. Well, what does she know? Your perfect client. Um, well, these, she might have these objections. Good. Those address your perfect client's objections, not the rebel of all of the people, the people you're not targeting address the perfect client's yeah. objections. And that's going to get you there. Mm. So, oh, so much gold there. First of all, I love the, the reminder near the end, like, listen, don't worry about the one jerk who says <laughs> you're doing it wrong because that is, oh, it's the worst thing you can do for your business. I also love that, you know, by the sounds of it, you not only have you given us um, a really good understanding of the, the perfect client profile, but also on certain levels, the perfect customer profile, because there are layers like me, you know, like my book, who's, who is it for? Well, it's, even though I will gladly take a person that's never heard of the law of attraction for, Uh, You could tell by the title, it's for the person that's read so many books and they finally want to be done with that and they finally want to get the result. And I didn't take it to the level that if I could, I would, where it's this age and this gender and this, you know, profile. I didn't do it, but the the beauty is you can get better or worse at it, but even on the lowest levels of the foundation, even just starting, and I'm saying that because some people, they might be intimidated by all the steps. I want them to know, and I know you would agree We'll get there as far as you can get, but start with something. Start with at least one piece of it because that will get you way closer, which will then help you clarify. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got your perfect client, your perfect customer, your perfect business. So could I give you an example of what, how this would apply to your book? Please. Or your, your product or your program. So let's say you wrote it kind of with a general audience in mind. And now you're thinking like, who really needs this? Or who really needs that? Because I know you're putting it together a training program behind it. Like who really needs that? What I would look at is maybe somebody has come to you and has, or wrote like the most passionate review on Amazon or, or, or wrote you a fan letter or something like that. 
I used, uh, you know, I've read a lot of LOA books and then I read, I, I was really attracted to yours by the title and so, and, and the reviews on Amazon. So I bought it and I wasn't sure, but then I read it and I started putting it into practice and here's the things that happened for me. So you have a perfect client is one who gets results from your stuff. doesn't mean that they didn't have any um, hesitations or doubts or whatever, but they actually took action on your stuff. That makes them perfect. Implementation makes your clients perfect. So mm -hmm. if you have a lot of people who don't implement your stuff, you need to find the one who did, and that's who you need to target. So I would call that person and be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for that review. Can we, can I have coffee with you? And I would interview them. And then you can create from that a profile. So let's say that's Tom and he read the book and he did the stuff. So then what I would do is um, create a little marketing campaign, quote unquote, um, and that's targeted to Tom and other Toms. So Tom is a single, uh, he, he works out, he hasn't quite gotten the, uh, the results in his workouts that he wants or in his relationships that he wants. He's not quite making the money he wants, but he's really committed to doing the stuff. Uh, and so you can do a core webinar about that. You can write posts that are speaking to the individual aspects of Tom's life where you're like, hey, you're doing the work on the, um, in your fitness, but you're not getting those results. Literally write it to Tom. And then any details in there that you're like, well, maybe everybody's not living in Brooklyn, so I'll erase that part and make that more general. But, but if you uh, take on the practice of, of targeting that whole campaign to Tom himself, like he would buy that book again based on this uh, campaign, then that's how you begin to bring in uh, people who, are, you, who you know are a fit for it. Like, where did Tom find it? Where does he hang out online? Um, what, you know, what's he doing in his life? The more you know about him and market to him, the one person, the better results you're going to get. And then you can do it again. You can be like, I also got a fan letter from Mary. And Mary was super psyched. And Mary's really successful in her career, but she could never manage to attract a, a, a person, a partner in her life. And so blah, blah, blah. And so you write all the whole specific thing, which is intended towards um, women who are super successful and want to find partners. And this is the, the book for them, et cetera. Do you hear how it goes? Oh my God. Well, so... I had a conversation with someone about a month ago and you're like, so why are you doing your podcast? And like, I rattled off like literally like 30 reasons. And one of them was every so often I get world-class advice from world-class experts for free. So <laughs> if anyone's thinking about starting a, a, a podcast, link yourself up with people like Samantha who will just drop, like I can use that. And, and by the way, besides the fact that I'm so grateful that that's really going to help me and I'm going to tinker with that for my product, I think that sends the message that there are people right now that they might've been listening like, oh, great. I've got to start over. Not necessarily. You might already have the product and you might already have the fan that you glanced over their email like 10 months ago. And I, I, I really appreciate you giving that advice. I, oh, wow. I'm, I'm really pumped. I think that's, that's amazing. And I, I hope people listening are like taking note and are going to implement that because that really is such a key piece. And it makes me understand why you're so good at taking those people in 150,000 or whatever, you know, 125 range and boosting them another 150 to 600 K almost on autopilot. That explains right in then and there, because you're making those moves, both real world and both magical thinking that kind of locks those pieces into place. And people don't really understand that until they do it. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, I, you know what? I'd love to have you on for another hour. I know we're almost, almost out of time here. So I'm just going to throw one more question at you because you've, Samantha, you've been wonderful. And really just, just I kind of like to give this to a lot of guests, but like if you can go back in time, you know, to your past self from 10, 15, 20, 20 years ago, whatever works, and give that Samantha any advice, whether it's life advice, business advice, anything, what would you want to impart to her? Uh, what I would say is to really stay clear on um, my who, because along the way, like what I do really well is I work with people who want to charge a lot of money, like very high ticket um, uh, consultants. So I, along the way, I, you know, took little other paths, like everybody who started out in internet marketing, it's like sell the $27 thing and, you know, sell the little whatever stuff. So I did a lot of diversions on that stuff. And it kind of pulled me off of what my, my core purpose is my core focus should be. So I think if I'd been clearer on who's really my perfect client all along, then, um, then I, I don't know. I think I would have been happier. I learned something from all those little kind of diversions and I, they probably are beneficial to me now, but I do think that, 
you know, you're going to have people along the way who are going to give you some dreadful advice and dreadful advice is going to look like, yeah, I know, but you could, you know, make more money if you kind of like broadened your audience and did some stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, uh, also your audience, you know, famously, uh, market research has taken people off the right path many times in the past. And so, you know, uh, who is it? Henry Ford said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. And then um, all of the IBM people were like, you, you know, nobody's uh, ever going to want a computer in the home, which was actually their mistake and not people's mistakes. But if you'd ask people if they wanted a computer in the home, they wouldn't have wanted that. So I did along the way, ask my audience what they wanted. And my audience was, uh, didn't have money, didn't have clients and didn't, and didn't have a lot of time. That's the response that I got. And so I acted on that. And the fact is that even though that was my, my, the bulk of my audience, it wasn't my perfect client answering that question. Mm. So I returned to, if you are laser beam focused on who is a perfect client for you and you do the things that serve that client, then you'll find other perfect clients like them and, and let that be the focus of your business. Because um, I, I think if I had done that all along, then I'd be better off. Love it. Samantha, if uh, people want to connect with you or, or learn more about you, what's the best place for them to go? Uh, you can connect with me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. And I do have a fun free thing that you're welcome to download. Uh, it's how I had a, a client who came to me um, who, who couldn't sell in a $22,000 training and we were able to sell that in for $198,500. So that was a nine times return uh, or nine times uh, increase on the price of that. So it, it really impacts how I help clients look at the value of what they're offering and sell that in. Um, so that's at the 9 x yesformula.com. So T-H-E, the number nine, the letter X, the nine X yesformula.com. Awesome. And you know, this will be up on YouTube. So I'll put that link in the description. This will obviously be on shatteredamodepodcast.com. And I'll put the link in there as well. So whether people are listening on audio or watching on video, um, that sounds like a really cool thing for them to check out. Uh, Samantha, thank you so much for being here and for sharing such insight. For me, it's, it's always fun when you get an expert on, you know, a very specific, you know, modality, we'll say, or, or approach or, or business or what it might be, but it sounds like you are swimming in both worlds. And it was really fun to almost have two sides to the interview where I got to pick your brain about both aspects and really get a lot of insight out of both pieces. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening are really grateful. And I'm personally really grateful. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and insight. Oh, you're so welcome. You know this already, but you ask amazing questions and that really helps people, I think, to, to give you uh, the best of what they have to give. So thank you for asking those questions. Thank you again, Samantha. That was an awesome, awesome interview. I really appreciate you being here. Guys, I highly recommend you check out that free download that she offered. Uh, she really does know her stuff. And, you know, while we're doing things for free, you can go ahead and pull out your phone if you haven't done so already. Hit that subscribe button and leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you think of today's episode and all the content before it. And, guys, be ready. We've got a lot of awesome content still on the way, still before 2020 is out. And final reminder, again, if you want to check out the last Law of Attraction book, you'll ever need to read, you can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com, or you can just check out the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Guys, thanks so much for being here, and I will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.